0: Hey, good Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. This is this week's first corporate update that we have uh, for you. Happy to welcome in uh, Mr. Frederick Bell from Elemental Royalties. Uh, Fred's joining us from London where, uh, you know what? Optimism is high all around, not only for restrictions being lifted, but they also have a pretty good soccer team uh, making their run at the Euro trophy once again. So Fred, how are you been?
1: Very, very good. And I'm, I'm going to take that compliment because I, I don't think we'll get it again often.
0: So, um, <laughs> it is the nature of being British, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, but no,
1: on a, on a serious note, um, I think great to uh, great to see vaccinations progressing and, you know, a realistic prospect in the second half of this year that um, we'll actually be able to get over to, to North America um, for the first time since we listed the company, which is a, a, a sentence i never thought i would ever say um, <laughs> uh, 11 months on from from going public but um yeah it's going to be uh, uh i think a really good opportunity to to introduce the story to people
0: a potential new chapter in the elemental uh, story here that's uh, just beginning so that's good
1: yes and 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 you know um i think uh the the news the news we just had on um, on our biggest royalty, which is Australia's newest gold mine at, at Karla Winder. Um, that has just had first gold pour today, and um, it's it's a two percent net smelter royalty um, that that Elemental have there um, that would pay us at current gold prices four four and a half million a year over the ten plus year reserve life, and I mean if you if you look at it and and think that that mine with resources um, even before expiration. It's probably going to be a yeah, a fifteen twenty year mine. Um, that's that's an awful lot of um, uh, I think cornerstone revenue for us um, as a royalty company, and um, that royalty coming on stream is is it's going to be the biggest asset that we own uh, going forward. So it's uh, it's a good time for it to be coming on, and I think really impressed that the management team, who are very well known in Australia, who've been very successful before, um, it's good to see that they've brought that mine you know, to first gold pour on time and on budget um, despite COVID. So that's, um, that's really encouraging, and it should ramp up the commercial production over the coming months.
0: So what what's the estimated guidance for um, for the annual revenue from Carlo Window alone for Elemental? So
1: um, on, an, on an annualized basis, it's four to four and a half million U.S. Okay. Um, so in the second half of this year, we're probably, I think, we're guiding around two million dollars, um, you know, gold price dependent, but um, and that that's because it's coming on stream now, um, and um, and then I think um, once it's at full full sort of production rate on an annualized basis, about four four and a half million. So um, it would bring Elementals revenue probably from Q3 onwards, you know, above ten million US per year, and there is not another royalty company. Under five hundred million market cap, that comes anywhere close to that. Yeah, we're a hundred million market cap as you talk to us today, and and um, you know I don't think you can get exposure to a royalty company with that much cash flow, um, yeah, unless you're paying multiples of multiples of that valuation.
0: Yeah, because it, it made me think about. So you're looking at Carla Winda, when you know at the height of it, it was looking about. Give or take four percent of your current market cap on an annualized guidance uh, for what you just said, and you know how do you make a relationship between um, revenue guidance for the year based on a royalty company's market cap? I mean, how do you structure that? What's what's typical? You know, what what, what have you seen in your career?
1: So, I, I guess in terms of valuation multiples,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it's 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 very hard because um gold royalty corp which will be a 500 million dollar company you know it, it will have less than half the royalty revenue we do um metalla it's a 500 million dollar market cap company roughly speaking again uh, less than half the royalty revenue we do um so it is it can vary a lot in the small space but if you if you know the royalty sector you know that uh, everyone wants quality assets and and um and cash flow cash flow is is the holy grail and for us to have quality assets in our portfolio and you know, 80% of the portfolio is on producing assets now um, with, with more cash flow than anyone else, you know, up to sort of 500 million market cap, that's a, that's a, real, um, that's a key differentiator. And it's, it's a, it completely, I think, upends the risk profile because you can come into smaller royalty companies and have exposure to exploration and development royalties, but what you haven't been able to do before and I don't think you've been able to do it in the last decade is get exposure to a junior royalty company with the cash flow that we have. And and actually the last time a startup royalty company went from zero um, to actually building a portfolio up and getting above 10 million revenue was, was Sandstorm. In the last decade, no new royalty company has started from a startup position and has got to the, the position we'll be in. Um, you know, the only the only two that have done it have done it with portfolios from majors and from private equity funds. So it's it's one of the hardest things to do. And mm-hmm. I think that um, you know, again we're we're sort of completely unknown, uh, You know, in terms of in terms of the assets and in terms of the quality, and it's something that we've got to address and and make sure we get the story out there because the, the quality of the assets we have um, is very unusual in a royalty company of, of our size and and age.
0: Uh, you know, back in February, February, you released your annual revenue of $5.1 million US and you're talking about, uh, you know, this latest one to really come online and start paying at the height of it, it's going to be $4 million. So you can really start seeing growth here within the portfolio as the way it is, but that's not... Obviously, your goal is to keep things the way it is. You want to continue to build and build. Um, You know, kind of given the relationship where we are in the gold market right now and also the gold miners, Fred, uh, where are there opportunities? Where is there a sense of arbitrage to come in for, uh, you know, up-and-coming gold royalty companies such as Elemental?
1: Well, I think where we've been really successful in our history is we've been buying third-party royalties, um, perhaps from non-core owners. Um, so, so the, the royalty we bought on Base Kwaalei came from Acacia, which is now part of Barrett Gold again, um, and we were repaid in in two and a half years completely on that royalty, which is still producing today. Um, the royalty we bought two royalties from Yamana Gold in 2018 before they realised they owned any royalties, um, and and one of those royalties will be um, that was fully repaying us this year, and the other on Equinoxes Mercedes. The royalty, it starts paying us from July next year and will repay the acquisition cost on an annualized basis from then. So these are royalties that were in billion dollar, multi-billion dollar companies that were very non-core. And you are completely right in that the gold space and and actually the whole base metal space as well, it's it's, relatively speaking, it's in a good spot. And, um, you know, a lot of those companies don't need to create royalties to raise funds or streams. And that's why, you know, I think our history stands us in a good stead because when we started out the company, you know, nobody needed a million dollars from Elemental. So <laughs> we we had to go and we had to give away half of our first deal to a private equity fund to get it done. But, you know, our first deal was a million dollars and um, we had to go and, and, um, and find these unloved third-party opportunities where we could get a lot of value. And that's exactly you know, just given where the market is, um, it's exactly sort of where we're still focused today. I think finding opportunities that we know can add a lot of value and will hold a lot more value in their Elementals portfolio than they will in their current owners. And I think we still offer the opportunity for them to participate, take equity in us. In the last deal, South32, which is a spin out from, from BHP, the world's biggest mining company, um, South32 became our biggest shareholder. And um, they did that. Um, at a one dollar fifty share price, which is actually above where we are now, and um, I think they did that because they could see the value that they mm-hmm. would get by by putting that, putting those royalties which were non-core for them, in into Elemental, and um, I think as we go forwards, we'll be able to, um, we'll be able to get a lot more value for it. And Carla Winder coming on stream is is really the I think um, the first step in that. Uh, mm-hmm
0: yeah I think uh, I, I think elemental' has done a really nice job of sharing uh news from your uh from your colleagues at Carla winda on their progress and how it affects not only elemental but also the shareholders of elemental um you know I, a lot of royalty companies I wish would did more of that and you know bring their own investors along on the journey uh through the passive nature of what the royalties business model really is like. Um, Yeah, you know, so Carla window, obviously, in the last month, if you go look at the news, you elemental, you can see the progression of Carla window over the last month, month and a half, just through the elemental news, you know, looking forward here through the rest of the summer into the fall, what other projects or anything else in the portfolio, that's going to be noteworthy for investors in elemental to really keep track of, which you also plan on sharing.
1: So, yeah, the Carla Winder one, um, you know, we, we really um, wanted to make sure we got the message across because it's an Australian company. And I think a lot of our investors and in North American based investors won't, won't necessarily be familiar with it. And so if that was a Canadian $700 million company coming on time, commissioning on time and on budget, I think everyone would, would know it and be familiar. Um, but we've, we've got quite a lot of news coming from the different um, actually operating mines where we have royalties. So Austral Gold had some really good exploration results in the first half of this year, um, where we have a 2.25% royalty on their mine in Chile. Um, at Wang Yon, which is now part of Endeavor Mining Stable, so top 10 gold producer globally, uh, they have the second largest exploration budget on that royalty. And that the, the largest in their portfolio is Massawa, which came from Rangold Barrack. So it gives you an idea of, of the value and the upside they see there and that royalty is a thousand square kilometer land package so you could you could probably put 50 different royalties in that same one um, mm. in terms of just the size and scale um, and they're they're spending um they're spending that budget over the course of this year and then a carla Winder, um they've only just started production but they've actually guided to a resource and reserve update um likely in q3 and that's really encouraging because um, I think for them to be doing exploration before they've even started mining, um, and to be looking to increase the resource and reserve, I think highlights some of the upside that is there. So we've got across the portfolio a number of these these um, operations where they're they're really actively exploring. And one of the points I would I would highlight is that 100,000 ounces discovered at an operating mine. I think has a lot more value than 100,000 ounces discovered in an exploration project, mm. because uh, the biggest hurdle you've got is always building that mine, getting the you know getting over that hurdle that a lot of projects don't make it over. And so for us, when we see additional resources in a mine that has already been built and is already up and running, it's a very low threshold for the miner to actually um, convert that into reserves and, and mine it, and and for us to get cash flow. So it's you know the value. of Ounces of exploration at existing mines is 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 really high, mm-hmm. and you know we look across our portfolio and we see assets there that we think could easily be operating twenty years from now and have the same mine lives that they do today. And you know um, I don't think any of that is is really reflected or, or understood, but I think the exploration updates that will be coming out over the next sort of three to six months should really start to to highlight some of those. And I think it will be a really useful point for us to be able to demonstrate to the market how much exploration upside there is at, at each of these mines.
0: Yeah, what about a a jurisdictional uh, importance here in your portfolio, Fred? Uh, You know, uh, West Africa has really been a key highlight over the last six months. A lot of there's a lot of attention being put in West African uh, exploration plays, also you know production plays as well. Uh, Other than the uh, Wagnon uh, uh, royalty you have in Burkina Faso. Uh, are you looking at West Africa at all for potential opportunities to add to the portfolio? Uh, and and what is the, uh, you know, maybe the challenge as far as competitiveness for, uh, for royalties in West Africa as well?
1: Um, I think, I think we, we sometimes, we sometimes say at a sort of general level that, um, the, uh, we 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 like the mix of Australia, Canada, u s. sort of tier one jurisdictions mm-hmm. with some of the exploration potential in South America or West Africa, because a lot of those jurisdictions are um, underexplored in in by by contrast within Nevada or West Australia mm-hmm. or, or some of the gold belts in Canada, some of the more famous ones. And I think that um for us, we've always thought that there's a you know you can get again a really good blend. Of you want some cornerstone assets in in Australia or in Canada or in the US um, that give you that stable, you know, upside and I think are really um you know low risk. And at the same time, you want you want exposure and optionality to some of those projects in in developing countries where where actually it is still the very early days of exploration and discovery. And those projects, you know. Um, might be going for years and years. I think we're lucky in Carla Winder in Australia. It's that very rare beast. It is a new mine in a proven jurisdiction. so that that has the best of both worlds, but it's very rare you get that nowadays. You don't yeah. get many virgin discoveries, two million ounce plus, you know in a in a tier one jurisdiction. and so um and so we've sort of approached it through a through a blended way.
0: Uh, Well, let's leave it at that, Fred. It's a pleasure to catch up with you uh, once again. it has been a while, so it's it's good to see you and good to talk to you.
1: Much appreciate it. Thanks, Trevor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's Frederick Bell from Elemental Royalties. They trade on the TSX Venture with the symbol ELE and also on the OTCQX with ELEMF. They are a sponsor of the podcast, and we look forward to catching up with them later this summer with more news from the company.